630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Late in the second period, Tyler Toffoli has the only goal of the game to this point. Canadians lead the Jets 1-0. It was a shorthanded goal in the second period. The other NHL game tonight has the Avalanche taking on the Golden Knights. That one will start in about an hour. Colorado is up 2-0 in the series. Not a good night for the Blue Jays. They trail Houston 8 nothing in the middle of the seventh. 780-496-0063 for some Friday night fun. Favorite logo in North American sports. Just bang off a couple here. Dave says, uh, I'm a bit biased, but I love the BC Lions logo. Dave, I'm assuming you are in BC or from BC to send that message. (laughs) Uh, And he also says he has to love the Chicago Blackhawks logo. Al says Chicago Blackhawks, best logo. Richard says best logo, Chicago Blackhawks. You're actually uh, far from a scientific poll here, but the Chicago Blackhawks with the early lead on the Friday night off-topic, on-topic, topic poll of the uh, favorite logo in North American sports. I don't know what my favorite would be. I, I guess it's, it's part of the uniform for, uh, for me. And a lot of, a lot of baseball and football logos, especially are just letters at green Bay. It's a G Chicago bears. It's a C Toronto Argonauts. It's the letter a, I guess it's on a shield. 780-496-0063. Also, the hotline presented by CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials. I referenced the excellent program that's on from noon to 2 every day. Oilers now with Bob Stoffer. Bob, like me, does not tweet very much, but sometimes he puts something out there that gets people going. Uh, Bob wrote this earlier today, and if you listen to his program, there was some discussion around this as well. Dave Tippett is often referred to pending UFAs Adam Larson and Ryan Nugent Hopkins as part of the Oilers' leadership core. I believe there's a 95% chance Larson signs a three- or four-year extension. I have RNH at 50-50 to re-sign. So Bob has it as a coin flip for Nugent to re-sign. Larson, we've been hearing about for a while that it sounds like something is close. He'll probably take a bit of a pay cut and uh, keep playing his shutdown role on the Oilers' back end. And as for the Nuge, we've talked about him a lot on this show throughout the season after games with Rob Brown. He's a really good player. He didn't have a great year five-on-five. I I would think he wants to be here. Ken Holland has sounded like he wants Nugent Hopkins here. Um, Yeah, sure. I wish he would have been more productive this season, but I also totally get the argument that if you don't have Nugent Hopkins you have to go out and get a player or two like Nugent Hopkins. And even if you have money to do it, you know, you don't just, the Oilers don't have first choice at every free agent. Other teams are competing for them as well. Uh, I was a little surprised to see Bob put it at 50, 50, that it's that low. I would have thought it was a little higher than Nugent's coming back. Colton says, I've always really liked the LA Kings logo. Nice and simple looks mean. Colton, how's the calf doing? Colton named a calf after me a few weeks ago. I was quite honored. Uh, uh, Jordan Strumis. I hope I'm saying that right, Jordan. I assume your name is Jordan and you're giving yourself a bit of a nickname. Maybe your full name is Jordan Strumis, so I should make assumptions. 
Do you think Seth Jones sees the Oilers as a possible team to sign with and play with his brother? He must see the open spot on the top pair beside Nurse. Uh, I, I would answer that no. Because quite frankly, I don't know how long Caleb Jones is going to be in order. Does he go somewhere in the expansion in the expansion draft, Jordan? That's what I would ask back to you. I think that there's a chance that uh, that might happen. And what is Seth? What's the report about uh, Seth Jones that he will not sign an extension and he wants to be a free agent after next season? So that's looking ahead a little bit as well. But uh, I, I right right now, I think it's it's way too early to say that. And again, I think it's way early to assume that. Caleb Jones is going to be an oiler by uh, by the time that there could be a possible transaction with Seth Jones being available. I, I don't know the Jones brothers that well. I mean, I know Caleb obviously to interview him. I think sometimes Jordan Strumus, do we overestimate the impact of playing with a family member? I, I don't know. I guess it would depend on the relationship you might have with a sibling or maybe with a father if you're Ken Triffey Jr. who got to play with his dad for a while in Major League Baseball. I, I don't know if that would necessarily be uh, a, a deciding factor for a player that, that he would want to play with his brother. I, I'm not sure about, about the Jones kids, how it would work. Seth Jones is one of the best defensemen in the league. So, I, I mean, I, I would think if he went to free agency, he's going to go after a situation where he can win and he can really cash in as well. So uh, I, I, I don't know if, if uh, so I, so I guess, I guess my answer to you would, would be no Jordan in terms of that possibly being a deciding factor. And, and again, I think that's probably more of a conversation for what might happen a year from now, or maybe around the trade deadline. If, uh, if the blue jackets decide to make Seth Jones available, good question. I don't know if I really gave you the answer you were looking for. I just don't know if the brother angle would be high on the list of deciding factors for Seth Jones or anybody else who might be looking to change teams. Okay. When we get back, we're going to talk to a guy who is like a brother to me, Dave Campbell, producer of the show. When we get back. for checking out the show tonight after two now in winnipeg canadians still leading the jets one nothing the producer of this very program and your analyst for edmonton elks football on 6 30 ched is dave campbell dave how are you doing man uh great reed uh, i've been finding a way to try and work and uh, hold a fan at the same time because the house <laughs> has been rather hot but uh can't really do that so uh those little handheld fans you know you can you can fan yourself as you're working true. But I'm uncoordinated, so I probably drop it and nick my ear anyway. So, uh, yeah. So, hey, it's all right. It's fine. It's been a, a good week. Um, you know, very historical week in a lot of respects. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to next week as well because I'm going to be sitting in, not the chair you're sitting in now, but the chair I'm sitting in from the hours of uh, 6 to 8 and hosting uh, Inside Sports. I, I love hosting the show, so it'll be fun. Well, you do a great job, and I appreciate you doing that. So, uh, I, well, I don't know what I'll do. I'll just chill out, probably golf a little bit. I want to ask you, you mentioned it being a historic week. What was it like being at Commonwealth Stadium on Tuesday? I know the size of the event wasn't what 
we were all hoping it could have been because of the pandemic. I mean, obviously it was an invite only event. We did carry it live on 6.30, Chad, but you were there for the unveil, seeing the big logo on the field. But what was, how did it feel for you? You know, I think the lead up to it was excitement, but some nerves too. You know, and I think there was kind of a double whammy where there was the name, uh, name announcement. And then there was also, this is the first public event that I can recall being at since probably free agency 2020 in the CFL. When we, when Morley and I did a, a live show with, uh, and we had Brock Sunderland on. Um, so it was, it was kind of a weird feeling walking into the stadium. Once I got into the stadium, I just felt like this is, this feels great. And then the, the build up to 10 o'clock in the morning when the reveal happened, and then you see that big logo on the field, and then you see the video package, and then you see the merchandise, you see the helmet, which I know probably out of everything, the helmet's my least favorite aspect of the name change, but it, it's fine. Um, I, I just was blown away how well everything was done uh, the, uh, the video presentation was excellent. The merchandise looks great. Um, my son has been saying Edmonton Elks all the time <laughs> since <laughs> Tuesday. And I think, isn't that the intent is to create excitement, especially with the younger crowd. Now, I don't know if they're trying to tailor to five-year-olds, but my five-year-old loves it. But, you know, I, I think they have done something that the CFL has to do. Uh, throughout the league. I'm not saying all the other eight teams have to change their names, but maybe they have to look at their brand. I don't think everyone does. I think, you know, the riders will always be consistent uh, with their with their fan base. I think they will always have a younger crowd. The Red Blacks have a one, younger crowd. But maybe the rest of the teams maybe need to look at their brand and go, hmm, how do we freshen up things? So I, I think the Elks is going to be a hit. I would not be surprised if it gives the riders somewhat of a run for their money as far as the merchandising. Uh, goes because they always are the number one team in the CFL in merchandise and it probably will always be that way but I think the Elks could uh, definitely uh, rival that so just the growth potential of this brand the marketing potential it's great and I think a sure sign that we're going to be playing some football this year well yes that's that is a very good sign for sure you mentioned the Ottawa Red Blacks. I love it. <laughs> well, I, but look, that so we, we had them as an expansion team, and and we didn't know what the name was going to be, and when it was announced, I mean, let's face it, there was a lot of head scratching, a lot of, well, that's not a name, that's two colors, and what are the uniforms going to look like, and <laughs> and what's their chant going to be, and all this kind of stuff, but y you see how as it evolves the the fans have made it their own right with the mm -hmm. embracing the lumberjack stuff and and now it's it's just the i mean and the reason i yell it out like that for people who don't know is because the the team writes the name in all caps i don't think anybody else really does uh they write it in all capital letters which actually isn't shouting you would have excellent a lot of exclamation marks if it was a lot of shouting but anyway i'm yeah. not i'm not supposed to talk about grammar too much on uh, inside sports <laughs> as i mentioned last night but it, it, but we had a couple of designers of, of the Elks logo on the show last night, and that's what I'm looking forward to seeing is, is more merch coming out, maybe some of it aimed at kids, and then what do people do with it? How, how do fans embrace it and, and make it their own as they go along? And that's what I'm looking forward to seeing over the next couple of years. You have so much versatility with this, with this name and with the brand, where as much as we love the previous name, 
and I heard this week, I heard this comment this week from a former executive of the team saying, you know, the previous name you were kind of boxed in. There wasn't as much marketing reach you could do because of the name. Now the name was the name, whatever at the time, right? But you look at elves, the caricatures, uh, if you pick an animal name, kids are gonna love it. Um, we haven't even seen the uniform set up yet, right? We, we haven't seen that. We haven't seen where the EE is gonna end up on the, on the uniform because I'm sure it's gonna end up somewhere. There's just so much potential for this thing. You can scale this upwards and there really isn't a lot you, you can't do with this brand. So, and I think that's what's important. You know, Red Blacks, I think we all felt there's there's not much they can do with that. Actually, there was quite a bit they have done with it. I mean, the the uh, wood cookie sawing every time they right. score a touchdown is probably the most popular uh, aspect of the team, right? And everyone anticipates that. Um, that wearing the plaid. I know they had the mock-up of the plaid on the helmet, which kind of looked a little weird, but, you know, <laughs> they, they have found a way to make it uh, a, a scalable product. And I think this is what else, the power of the brand that you're gonna see is even though the previous name was popular, uh, this is a brand from a marketing perspective that will be a powerhouse. Dave Campbell joining us in Inside Sports. So you mentioned the EE logo. Yeah. And I, I have seen and heard some of that reaction. Well, what happened to the EE logo? I think, you know, I think there was maybe uh some people who might have thought that was still going to be the primary logo which by the way was never promised by the team and chris preston even said mm -hmm. it on our show that the ee is going to be around but it might not be the logo so what do you think do you think there will be a helmet an alternate helmet with an ee logo you, and you mentioned do you think it might wind up on the shoulder of the jersey on the chest of the jersey like do you have any sense of that yeah, it does sound like it's going to be somewhere. I mean, the, the team released uh, four logos this week on their social media platforms, and the EE logo was there. So to me, I, I can't imagine it won't make an appearance on the regular home and away jersey. Uh, Chris Preston, the, the president and CEO, Preston, the president and CEO said, uh, it you know, likely on a third jersey setup, you're going to see the EE back on the helmet. So, and I also think we have to give this time to see where it goes. You know, the antlers on the helmet right now, that's what it is today. Will it be that way next year? In two years, is there going to be a push to maybe get that new EE logo back on the helmet uh, or find a way to get maybe a, a mix? I don't know. But uh, I, I love the fact that the EE logo is staying. But I also understand that you don't want to make it your primary. Um, if, if your name is the Elks, I think you want to name, give that a, a, a push as much as you can. But I think we're in the let's see where it goes phase. So, you know, I think there's a lot of confusion. Well, the E is gone. The double E is gone. No, it's not gone. I don't think it's been landed on how the double E will appear on a jersey yet. But, uh, well, I'm sure they know. We just haven't seen it. But I, the, the double E is going to be, I think, still very prevalent in the, uh, in the brand of the Elks. Okay. So August fifth, what are you what are you thinking for kickoff think, weekend? I think we're gonna play. I, I really do. Um, we're almost sixty percent vaccinated. I always watch Canada Vaccine Tracker, and like we're at fifty nine point eight seven, whatever, blah 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 blah. But like we're practically sixty percent vaccinated, so that's good. Uh, second doses need to get up uh, higher. They will. 
you know, I think there's a, there is a possibility that you might see a delayed start to September. I think that's possible. Uh, the return to play plan has been approved by all provinces uh, verbally and written, but the fans part hasn't. So that'll be interesting. Now, we, we believe if they do start on August 5th, the Ontario teams will play here. Uh, we don't know about the Alouettes. We don't know about the Lions, right? So I still think there's a pathway to August 5th. I think we're heading in the right direction. But I think there's a possibility that we could see maybe a, a another delay. But at the same time, man, there is so much positivity when it comes to August 5th and so many people within the league that feel that we can get there. All right. Well, I hope so. It, was, it, it wasn't good not having any CFL at all to talk about last season, at least on the field. So I want to get back to talking about games. Dave, thanks for coming on tonight. Have fun hosting next week, man. We'll still be in touch, but thanks for checking in tonight. All right. Thanks, buddy. And uh, you have a great week and uh, get some rest, okay? Right on. Thanks, Dave. Dave Campbell checking in. He'll be in the host chair next week. I'll be, uh, I don't know what I'll be doing. Probably making my way the only way I know how. That's just a little bit more than the law will allow. Name the animal before we go at eight. Okay, 17-29 left in the third period. Canadians up 1-0 on the Jets. The only goal shorthanded early in the second period by Tyler Toffoli, his third of the playoffs. Avalanche and Golden Knights will face off in about half an hour. That's game three. Colorado up 2-0 in the best of seven. Astros leading the Blue Jays 13-1. It's in the top of the eighth. 780-496-0063. Uh, Victor says, I may have missed it, but have you come up with a name for the inside sports screaming goat yet? And please play him again a few times. LOL. Happy Friday. Victor, we have not yet named our goat. Kellen, do, can you ask the goat if he can give us some words? Hey, can you give us some words? <laughs> I guess you can. That is our unnamed show sort of combination pet mascot and inspiration really this texture says i'm just confused as to why the elks limited their name choice to ee but then didn't didn't really use the logo it's kind of strange yeah I, that's a good question i, I mean look I, I without having been behind the scenes of how they're making the decision uh i i think that they knew that changing the name was a dramatic dramatic maneuver that was going to cause a lot of strife and we talked about that on on this show a lot last summer when it was happening and when it was announced um so i think they decided well let's we we have an iconic image let's keep that now they they never made a promise that it was going to be the primary logo now i do think the double e will still appear on helmets I, I like Dave said it. It may appear on the jersey somewhere. Maybe it's going to be a shoulder patch. Maybe it'll be on the pants. Maybe it'll be a small one on the chest. So the double E is not gone. It's still something by which you can identify the team. But they've also come up with a logo that represents the Elks, and I think does it very well. 
I, but I, but I understand that texture's point. And I, I have a, I have a friend who has worked in marketing most of her adult life. And when this was going on, she said they should ditch everything, not necessarily ditch everything, but she said they should start from scratch, new colors, new uniforms, new logo, new name. If you happen to have an E or if it happens to be green and or gold, that's fine. But she said they should start over. The football team decided not to do that. They said it's going to be an E and it's going to be green and gold and it would be a new name. Now they do have a new logo and we don't know if the uniforms are going to look exactly the same either. So I, I understand that question, but to that texture, here's the bottom line. Whatever they did was going to be criticized or, or somebody was going to say, you know, the opposite of what they did. So they had to make a choice. They had to navigate some real bumpy waters in a difficult time for a lot of reasons to get to where they're at. Uh, I always thought it was probably going to be elk or elks. Uh, I didn't obviously know what the logo was going to be like until I saw it. And uh, quite frankly, I like it. I, I like it a lot. And it's, it's, it's actually, for me, it's, it's cool to identify with an image rather than just two letters of the alphabet. As we bring Pat Steinberg from Sportsnet 960 in Calgary onto the show. Pat, thanks for checking in on a Friday night, buddy. How are you doing? I'm good. I love the Elks. I, I, people are crushing it. I don't know why. I think it's great. It's one letter. It goes S to Elks. It's perfect. The, co- the helmet looks unbelievable. It's a northern Alberta animal. It looks great. I th- From a Calgary guy... I think Edmonton Elks. I think they nailed it. I, I really do. I think it looks awesome. Are you at a bush party or something? What's going on? I'm. Uh, I'm just sitting here. I'm. Patios are back open. It's a Friday night. I'm. Uh, I've gotten to a nice, quiet place, and uh, I'm. I'm enjoying my Friday. And uh, it's lovely on 17th Avenue, Calgary's. Uh, Calgary's version of White Avenue. So, I love the Elks. Okay. Well, I, and I know you're. I know you're being sincere because you texted me on Tuesday and you were like, "Wow, like that's that's the logo. Good for them." And I know you care about the Canadian Football League. So we got like we got a name. I, I want to get back on the field. Hopefully, it's August fifth. Dave suggested. Dave Campbell said maybe if there's a d- delay, maybe it starts on Labor Day, which would be a cool kickoff because it would be uh, the Labor Day Classic for sure. How 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 are you feeling about the 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 lead up here? Do you get the sense football has been missed in Calgary? And if so, to what extent? Well, it's a good question. Like, I I definitely think now that the weather is starting to turn back to summer and now that we're starting to get back into CFL time, like right about now, the Stampeders and Edmonton would be very, very well along in a training camp, and we'd be starting to look ahead to the first preseason games. I think it's going to start to be missed, and I think that because it's going to be missed, you're also going to start to get the anticipation for August 5th. And i got to be honest with you, Reed, like, and, and look, D.C., Dave Campbell knows way more about the league than I do, and, and I will never try to suggest otherwise, but I think August 5th is extremely attainable at this point. I mean, even if in Ontario they're not ready to start games and have home games in Toronto and Ottawa and Hamilton, 
I think there's plenty of opportunity to have games in Saskatchewan and Edmonton and Calgary. And if they have to host a few games out here or if those teams have got to start on the road to start their season, I, I think it's attainable. And the way that vaccines have been going and the way that second vaccines are starting to be rolled out in different provinces, I, I think we're talking about August 5th, which is two months away as being a very realistic date and I think knowing the weather and uh, I don't know exactly what it's like in Edmonton right now but I would imagine it's pretty close to what we're are what we are in Calgary right now where it's gorgeous and it feels like summer is here I think as as summer continues and they're like geez last summer was different last summer we were still only a few months into being in the midst of a, of a pandemic and now we're more than a year in and now we're weary of it and now we know it's almost here the end is almost here rather and we know that it's almost over I, I think that when the CFL returns it'll be I think it's going to be big for the league too because I think it's going to be the very first time that Canadian sports is back like what Winnipeg's got 500 people for game two and game three in Montreal they'll have another 2,500 but it's not full crowds whereas when we get to August at Commonwealth or at McMahon there's going to have this opportunity to have full crowds Jason Kenny said that we're we're full on so I I do think people are going to miss it and I do think when we get to the beginning of August that the the fervor for CFL football is going to be high and and I think people are going to embrace it and welcome it back and I'm I'm honestly more excited for the start of the CFL season than I ever have been. Pat Steinberg joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Okay, I got to ask you something. You host the Flames broadcasts on Sportsnet 960, the version of the I, the job I do here on 630 Show with the Oilers. We've had seasons with both franchises, unfortunately, where they've been playing out the string in games late in the regular season, haven't met much. Uh, your experience was one level higher than that this year because you had to host afternoon games while playoff games were being played in the evening. What was that like? What, if anything, was the audience participation like on your call-in show? Well, it was funny because the Tuesday games, we had two afternoon games. We had a Tuesday and a Wednesday. The Tuesday game, we carried game one of the Oilers. I think, or no, we carried game one of a, of a U.S. series that started at 5 o'clock Mountain. So it was a one thirty start. So by the time we were all ready to go to our calls, we're like, oh no, sorry, we gotta go. Uh, we gotta go to game one of this uh, this this playoff series. Game two was kind of the final the final call-in show of the year, so it was actually pretty well attended because people wanted to wrap up the year and talk about it. I'll tell you this: the two games that were the most painful were the two prior to that because the afternoon games for us in sports radio were actually pretty good. You're like even though they meant nothing, there's still live action and kind of a novelty having weekday afternoon games, right? The two games that were the worst were the Ottawa and Vancouver games to finish out the year. It was just, they were evening games. Nobody cared. Both teams were officially eliminated. Those were the games that were the hardest because now you've got a call-in show at like, it's starting at 10 30 11 11 30 at night and you're trying to get people to come in and say okay then we have three calls we'll take three calls and then we'll wrap up the show and have a great night so 
those were the ones that were more difficult. The afternoon games are actually kind of, you know, especially for here where we knew they weren't going to the playoffs almost two months before they were officially eliminated. So to have those two final games where they were in the afternoon, they were uh, they were pretty fun. They were actually pretty good. And it's it has been... I know that it was just an absolutely awful end of the season in your market, but I mean, this was the biggest, and you've had plenty of regular seasons that have been nightmares too. I've been doing this job and doing calls for a decade. I have never, and they've missed, they've made the playoffs four of the 10 years I've been doing it. There has never been a worse year. There has never been a more anxiety-inducing call-in show than the one that, the ones that we did this year. There were 10 or 11 times this year where you're like, oh, my goodness. I've been doing this show for so long. I know exactly what the calls are going to be, and you got to prepare yourself for them. This was the most heavy and most negative year that I can ever remember. And I did I did the year that they were knocked out by Colorado when they were the number one team in the West. I've done plenty of years where they've missed the playoffs. This year, for whatever reason, I think it was because COVID. I think it was because the expectations were so high. I just can't remember a year where the pulse in this city and the narrative around this team was as negative as it was and was as, like, doesn't matter what they did or what you said, people just hated them. It was, it was, it was oh, honestly, I, I, I cannot remember a year that was quite like this reader. And, and I'd be curious for you because you've had, you've covered some really, really negative regular seasons in that market. You know, it, our <laughs> Oilers and Flames, I mean, the, the last decade, decade and a half, they've been very similar in a lot of ways. Like this year was as as much of a learning experience as I've ever, ever had. I, and I'm being 100% honest with you. Yeah, well, I, I think, yeah, I think the expectations for the Flames were relatively high. And, and certainly when you sign Markstrom, you're thinking like, okay, we got the we got the goalie, but nothing really clicked for them, unfortunately, uh, along the way. Plus, you had the coaching change, which, which never helps. Before I let you go, I'm going to read one text from a listener who says, is it just me or does this guy sound like Jack Michaels? To that texture, I will say, I think it's just you. I, I don't think, Pat, yeah, you mean, sound I, like Jack Michaels. Good, as good as you I sound. Pretty, I do a pretty good Jack Michaels impression. Like I, Oh, let's hear it. The Oilers, the Oilers Radio Network. Like I do a pretty good Jack Michaels impression, but... <laughs> <laughs> One nothing after a one nothing midway through the first period. Everyone's radio network. Like I, I, I do a pretty good Jack Michaels. I love that guy. I would take a bullet for him, but I don't think I sound like him when I'm uh, when I'm actually talking. But I do love Ethan Jack. Pat, thanks for taking time from your patio appearance to join us inside sports. If you're hanging out with anybody that perhaps I used to work with or went to Nate with, please say hi to them. I will, and I hope I hope I got to a quiet enough spot. I went to as quiet a place as I could find. Well, it's probably the most lively part of the show. That is Pat Steinberg checking in this tonight on uh, Inside Sports from Sports at 960 in Calgary, host of Calgary Flames Hockey. And, uh, yeah, Calgary had a challenging year. They never really got it going. Had a couple little bursts, but uh, dropped out of the playoffs uh, early and could not fight their way back in. Uh, good to catch up with Pat. And he likes the Elks. There you have it. Uh, a Calgarian likes what they have done here with the Edmonton Elks. All right. 
Oh, a couple other people think that he sounds like Jack Michaels. Well, I, I don't hear that myself. Maybe just because I've uh, I, I hear a lot of Jack, and to me, he's a very uh, unique voice. <laughs> Still one nothing for the Canadians halfway through the third. Well, we're going into the weekend. I'm going into a week off, so we got to do it when we get back. It's the number one segment in inside sports history. Name the animal. in tonight he says the other texture isn't wrong i thought that was jack michaels at first as well as for logos i really like the edmonton roadrunners oh that's an interesting one well i did not i've never i don't think people have ever said that before that pat steinberg sounds like jack michaels maybe uh, maybe that's I, I i pat was on a patio i i believe he may have had a one beverage prior to his appearance so maybe the more he drinks the more he sounds like jack michaels maybe that applies for all of us it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> 780-496-0063 is how you can get in touch. The hotline presented by CertainTeed, professional-grade building materials. one nothing Canadian, 752 left in the third period. Okay, so it is the vastly popular segment we call Name the Animal. Now, I want everybody to listen carefully because it's quite complex how it works. And again, it is not a contest. So if you text me or tweet me or email me the answer, you don't win anything. You're just helping out of the goodness of your heart. So here's how it works. Kellen Kennedy goes to the 630 Chet Animal Sanctuary, and he either records the sound of an animal, or if convenient, he brings the animal back to the studio. This is recorded. And then he plays that this one's recorded and he plays that animal noise and then i have to guess what it is and this we do not pre-plan this other than saying okay we'll do it tonight so kellen makes sure he gets an animal ready i don't know what it is he will give me hints we've probably done it 15 times now on one occasion i got it first guess no clues and that when it when it was a walrus and i still have no idea how i knew a walrus sound so well so here we go going into the weekend going into a week off for me it is the wildly popular, the number one segment in Inside Sports history. Mm. Name the animal. Kellen, play it. Okay, here we go. It's a rhinoceros. No. It's a horse. No. It's a lion. No. Oh, that's interesting. Is it a tiger? No. It sounds incredibly vicious. Is it a vicious animal? Uh, yes. Is it a hippo? No. Okay, you got to shut it off because it's too loud for me now. Uh, is it a land animal? Uh, kind of half and half, well, land and water. Oh, it's well, it's half and half. Is it a sea lion? No. Is it a? Oh, okay. Somebody says crocodile. A same genus, but is it, no. Is it, is it an alligator? Is it an yeah, alligator? It's an alligator. There you yeah, go. That's an alligator. Wow! Play, play some of that again. That's amazing. Oh, 
that's an alligator, eh? I had to hide the goat for that one, for sure. We, yeah, we had, <laughs> that's right. We had to hide. Well, okay, so Dan, thank you for helping. We'll try to get you a canned ham, Dan. Uh, if you're the Dan that lives down my street, then I can definitely get you the canned ham. Otherwise, you might have to wait a little bit. Uh, Munchie says that's me in the morning. <laughs> That's that's pretty good, Munchie. Well, that uh, that's fascinating. So that is an alligator. Well, they sound incredibly vicious because they, there have been some animals that where you've played the uh, noise, and I like that's how we got on this because when you played an elk noise, I had a no, no idea that's what an elk sounded like. Right. So that's an alligator. Uh, yeah, that's appropriate for an alligator. I sh- uh, I probably should. Well, I, I was going with some predators, so I went with lion, tiger. Uh, I did say horse. What was the first one I said? Oh, I said rhino at first. I don't know why I said rhino. Yeah, probably because of the probably because I always got Spider-Man villains on the brain. All right, we have not yet named the goat. Uh, We'll just have to keep trying to name the inside sports goat, but eventually we will get there. Thanks for tuning in tonight. You heard from Pat Steinberg, Dave Campbell, Jed Roberts, and Dave Randorf. Awesome to tech catch up with Randorf, now the voice of the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're going to play again tomorrow. Five minutes, ten seconds left in the third period. Canadians leading the Jets. 1-0, 1-0, trying to go up 2-zip in the series. The only goal shorthanded second period, Tyler Toffoli. All right, thanks to Dave Campbell, the producer of the show. Kellen Kennedy is your studio operator. Yeah, Dave will be hosting next week. Uh, maybe I'll run into you on the golf course or running some trails in the River Valley. My name's Reed. Have a great weekend. Take care. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.